0: You just want mindless, generic rock?
1: Precisely! Uh. Welcome to another episode of the Untitled Podcast. Let's discuss Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers.
2: What you are about to hear is deeply disturbing.
3: Ladies
4: and gentlemen, will you welcome Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers! Let me get to the point, let's roll, another join, turn the radio loud, I'm too alone to be proud, and you don't know how it feels, you don't know. Somewhere down the road when somebody plays at the end of the line. The purple Haze You can stand me up at the gates of hell But I won't back down
1: So I'm here with Paul. Haven't talked to Paul in a while. Good to be back. There's a list of people who left us this year, and Tom Petty uh, really hit pretty hard. It came completely out of the blue. He still seemed like he had so much more to do. He just got just got finished with a tour. This was a good tour for him. Yeah. I've never seen him live. I, n- I never have either. Time after time, night after
2: night, she would look
4: up and Say she was lonely
2: They were a unique band in that back when I when I first started um, playing music back in high school, I mean I played um, basically metal and and hardcore, and that was the that was the crowd I ran with. And you would you wouldn't think that those types of people or that that type of crowd would like Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, but they did. Everybody loved Tom Petty. Have you ever known anybody who just did not like Tom Petty? No, not, not somebody who would say specifically. I know people who, who don't care for that type of music, maybe. Right, right. But I think everybody liked Tom Petty.
1: Yeah, I mean, he had this universal appeal. He wasn't just uh, your typical kind of American rocker like uh, Bruce Springsteen or John Mellencamp. Right. He had that little bit of weirdness.
5: And I've been interrupted by the psychedelic drag. brought me the psychedelic harmonica. I'm not really sure I should blow into the psychedelic harmonica. Now I could have permanent chromosome damage from blowing into this. I might cease to function as a responsible adult. I'm gonna do it anyway.
2: After Tom Petty died, I just learned how to play "You're So Bad." Right, you know, great song, easy as hell. Yeah, yeah, and really. And, and that's the—that's pretty much the story of Tom Petty songs. I mean, I've probably played a half a dozen Tom Petty songs in different bands over the years.
4: One, two, three, four. My sister got lucky, married a yuppie. Took him for all he was worth. Now she's a swinger, dating a singer. I can't decide which is worse. My year's so bad. Best thing I ever had.
2: really insightful but simple lyric right and nothing sappy absolutely no sap coming from Tom Petty if he he was going to write a love song it was going to be a Tom Petty kind of a love song
5: times I don't know why but this old town just seems so hopeless I ain't really sure but it seems I remember the good times with just a little bit more in focus
4: but when she puts her arms around
1: Probably eighty percent of his catalog, I really, really like. Right. But the twenty percent, I
2: don't dislike. I just like less. Exactly. And it's not just Tom Petty himself, but he. I mean, just an incredible band behind him too. Yeah, the Heartbreakers, one of the best backing bands.
0: It's been about two years since I played with the Heartbreakers. Honestly, I've been producing records uh, the last couple of years, and we got together uh, last week and rehearsed for this thing and. And I realize I, I may actually be in one of the best two or three rock and roll bands there is, you know?
1: <laughs> uh, Bob Dylan took Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers as his backing band for a while in yes. the 80s. So you had Bob Dylan singing with Tom Petty and both of those kind of nasally voices, you know? <laughs> it's pretty funny.
2: Well, that's in the Traveling Wilburys. Uh, uh, what's, what's the song? Har- uh, Hard to Handle? Hard to Handle? Yeah.
1: Everybody's...
4: Got somebody to leave
0: on. Put your body next to mine and dream on. Bob Dylan. I don't think there's anyone we admire more. And Bob had a show, Farm Aid, the first Farm Aid show. And that night in the dressing room, Bob said, how would you guys feel about doing a tour of Australia with me? And we said, great, let's go.
2: actual band since you'd worked with the band way back when. When did they come on your radar? Everybody watched MTV. Yeah. So that's that's where I learned about Tom Petty and Harper. Well, he had great videos. Oh, absolutely. Probably the first song that, that grabbed me was Refugee.
1: else, or at least it was kind of in the background. right?
2: But Refugee just cuts through. Refugee is a a great song, and actually, Damn the Torpedoes is a great record beginning and end.
5: Sound Warehouse and MCA Records bring you two of the hottest musical releases just in time for Christmas. The new long-awaited Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers album, Damn the Torpedoes, featuring the smash single, Don't Do Me Like That. And the pop hit by Rupert Holmes, Escape, the pina colada song of his new album, Partners in Crime, both. From our MCA records and tapes, specially priced at all Sound Warehouse locations.
1: Fantastic. It is a five-star classic. Yes. Uh, of course, Don't Do Me Like That. Yeah. Instant classic. We came on basically the same place. Right. The next album he did, Hard Promises. There's a picture of him on the front cover in a record store. That's when I, I first started reading about him as a personality, because he fought the record company to keep them from bumping that album up a dollar. Right. What the record companies were trying to do then was take their hot-selling artists and make you pay a dollar more for the album. Yeah. So I believe it went from like eight ninety-eight to nine ninety-eight, and he put his foot down. He really put up a fight about it. Right. To where you know it was, there was some bad blood.
4: good liquor
3: He gets to be famous I get to be rich
0: My name's Joe, I'm the CEO I'm the man
2: makes the big wheels roll He was known for that over yes. the years. He was constantly fighting the record compass. He, he, he was constantly fighting somebody who was trying not to rip uh, rip him off, per se, but rip off the fans. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't play that.
4: There was this cat named Johnny Who loved to play and sing When money wasn't king We'd all get so excited when John would give a show, we'd raise the cash between us, and down the road we'd go to hear him play that music. It spoke right to my soul. Every verse a diamond, and every chorus a The sound was my salvation. It was all.
1: his fans yeah even uh, I was watching a video of him uh, the other day it was called 400 days and it was the tour that I think came on with uh, the echo album but he was talking about how his fans you know he would see them in the audience and know some of them you know from decades ago. Going back to the thing about infighting the record companies, this has never been solved. But while he was home, having breakfast with his family, somebody firebombed his house. They threw a Molotov cocktail through his front door. I had heard about that, yeah.
2: Where do you think that came from? I mean, You can only speculate. Exactly. But, but I mean, that's more than just an act of aggression. That is oh, a, yeah. That's up making a statement.
0: Somebody burned the house down, tried to kill me.
5: To date, the arson case has neither been closed nor solved
1: next few albums to me were where I, I kind of dipped in and out. It wasn't that I didn't like Long After Dark, for example. Right. It didn't move me the same way. It didn't have the same impetus,
2: you know? Well, and and I agree with that. And Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers was that band. They were just always there. Right. right. There, there was always a, a new record coming out. Yep. They, they were always being played. And sometimes it grabbed me and sometimes it didn't, but I always liked what was coming out. It's yeah. That, I never disliked any of it.
1: In general, during that time period, I really was truly not into commercial Music. I just come to college, and you know, I was really learning about Husker Du and Sonic Youth and yeah. even REM. I didn't know what the hit TV shows were. I didn't have cable.
2: We right. didn't watch TV. You know, it was a weird time. I, we took them for granted. Well, and, and that's exactly it. I mean, you were listening to that stuff at that time. I was listening to Metallica and Slayer and right. Anthrax right. and stuff like that. So I was in a completely different genre. But when I heard Tom Petty music, I I still liked it. Yeah. Well. Okay. So then the the part that where he almost lost me, but
1: Also gained respect again was when Southern Accents came out. First of all, the video for Don't Come Around Here No More is incredible. Mm -hmm. That's the one with the Alice in Wonderland. you got to see that if you haven't seen it.
2: Phenomenal video.
1: Right. But when I heard that song on the radio, it turned me off instantly. The production, really? you know, that, hey, you know, that, meow, meow, It was that eurythmic Dave Stewart,
2: you yeah. know, production. Yeah, and, and yeah, anything that Dave Stewart put his hands on kind of had that, that right. weird thing.
1: Well, I felt like Tom was starting to go into that big corporate rock thing. You right, know? yeah. And so I really didn't pay any attention. However, uh, I think my roommate or somebody had the album, and they were playing it. And one day I walked by, and they were playing the song, Southern Accents.
4: This is sad. Taking land, just a mud telling to me. Think I'm
2: phenomenal record.
1: Yeah. Well, it it, it is a great record. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That one song, Don't Come Around Here No More, sticks out as an anomaly. I believe that's the only production piece by Dave Stewart on there.
2: And and it's funny. I mean, I do like that song. It's not one of my favorites by the Heartbreakers, but I do like that song. I really kind of wish they had put the
1: Dave Stewart version out as a single and then put the stripped-down version on the album because it really would fit better, I think, overall. A car company wanted to co-opt one of his songs off of that album, and he refused. And then they kind of did a half impersonation of it, and you see the shit out of him. He, As he should. He never fucked around with,
2: like, you know, advertising. Right. I mean, he had a lot of integrity. Oh, absolutely. And, and it'll be interesting to see if that continues now that he's dead. I would like
1: to think that his his leftover songs, or demos, or whatever it is, will be done in a respectful way. You know there's going to be posthumous albums. Absolutely. But I would like to see them done in a really respectful way. There's like this live box set. It's like five CDs.
2: No, I didn't even know that. Oh, it's awesome.
1: It's tracks from different points of his career live. So I followed him in, I walked
2: in
5: out of the sunlight. It was real dark in that bar, I couldn't see nothing. I could see the glow of a jukebox in the back and I could hear this voice say, Look, we got another one, just like the other ones Another badass, another troublemaker
4: I'm scared, ain't you boys? Scared? Wonder if he's gonna show us what bad is, Boys, we got a man with the dog collar on Think we ought to throw a spike home
5: back with C. Well, here's another Misfit, another Jimmy Dean. I bet he's got a motorbike. What do y'all think? Bet if we be good, we'll get a ride on it. If he ain't too mad about the
4: future. in what he used to be.
2: Let's go to Mike Campbell. I can't even describe how good that guy is.
1: He's the guy who really puts the cherry on top. So what's the keyboard player's name? Ben Montench.
2: Yes. That guy's been all over the place. Just such a key player. And and, and the fact that, I mean, Ben Montench and Mike Campbell, the two of them, are such good musicians. Yeah. And for these two, and just by chance, to wind up in the same band... It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah.
1: Well, then you add in Stan Lynch, the drummer. Right.
2: You know, Stan's been replaced on the last few albums. Mm. A tasteful
1: Mm. drummer. All these players. And I don't know if that's Tom as a band leader or they just, you know, evolved to that together.
2: Maybe. I mean, and I know that they, they they got their original bass player back.
1: So what happened was the original bass player left at some point. So Howie comes in and then Howie gets hooked on heroin. Yeah. And apparently just self-destructed.
2: There's a documentary out there. I think it's on Netflix. Yes. It's like three hours long. And it's worth it. It's worth every minute of it. I watched it all on a Sunday afternoon. All Sunday, I watched it. Part of that documentary where they're bringing that up. I definitely respect Tom Petty and the way he handled that. He's like, as long as he can play, you know, I'm not going to tell the man how to live his life. Right, right.
1: But that's where him and Stan Lynch bumped heads eventually. In addition to being a great drummer, he wrote Boys of Summer with Don Henley, I believe. Really? Uh, Yeah. Didn't know that. He he produced presented that to Tom and mm. said, how about doing the song? And, and Tom Petty was just like, this is my band. These are my songs. This is what I do. Right. And eventually that is the thing that split the two apart. But I'd always miss Stan because he had a swing. Yeah. You know, and he was fun to watch, mm. a
2: fun, fun drummer to watch. Hi, I'm Tom Hanks, and I'll be hosting the season premiere of Saturday Night Live with musical guest Tom Petty. You know, it's kind of a coincidence. We're both cool, and we're both named Tom.
1: Yeah, we're both named Tom. Well, after Southern accents, they had a little dip, and that's when they put out "Let Me Up, I've Had Enough." Yeah, you remember that one?
2: I, I vaguely
1: the song about Joe Piscopo and Eddie Murphy. Yeah. And-
5: Hello, CD listeners. We've come to the point in this album where those listening on cassette or records will have to stand up or sit down and turn over the record or tape. In fairness to those listeners, we'll now take a few seconds before we begin side two. Thank you. Here's side two.
1: I think that's what makes bands, you know, more interesting right especially when they come back hard and they did you know that's tom did his solo albums at that point he came on to full moon fever
2: which is a great record oh yeah
1: excellent record free fallen you know he was joking when he wrote that song Mm -hmm. like he was playing that that riff and was kind of making up these joke lyrics right jeff lynn Mm -hmm. said wait that's a song go with that you know, that's what a
2: producer does. And it's a phenomenal song. It's a beautiful song. It, it really is. And, and, yeah, it is kind of ridiculous. And it gets back to what I was saying before with the, just the simplicity of Tom Petty songs, especially the, the popular ones or the ones that made it huge. Yeah. that You couldn't get more simple, you know, if it was that simple, everybody would do it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> we were going to go, you know, we were going to go like last
5: year. And then uh, I, I had a fit one night and broke my hand against the wall. And... Uh, It's a real drag, you know, they drive you down to the emergency room. The doctor says, uh, so you're a guitar player. He says, I don't think you're gonna play the guitar anymore, son. I said, fuck that, you know?
1: But again, while maintaining that kind of peculiar weirdness about him, you know? Oh yeah, he never lost that. Exactly. That's when he, a lot of people were being produced by uh, Jeff Lynne. Mm-hmm. And I believe somewhere in there is when they did the Traveling Wilburys.
2: Right. It was George Harrison's project. He had Jeff Lynne in there. I think he got Roy Orbison and Bob Dylan. Right. And I think he was going to pick up a guitar or something like that. And really, that's what it was. They were just going to get together and jam. Right. And they were going to pick up his guitar at Tom Petty's house and said, Hey, you want to come over and jam? And that was pretty much how Tom Petty ended up in the Wilburys.
1: Yeah. Talk about a
2: super group. Oh, yeah. Just have have Roy Orbison. That really
1: brought Roy Orbison back. Right. You know, he he didn't live very long after that.
2: Yeah, actually, the second single from the first Wilburys record, uh, he was already dead.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Because I think the video, they had a rocking chair. That's right, with with his guitar in it. Yeah. It it really came together for him at the right time because Mm -hmm. that was one thing. And then they also had the movie Roy Orbison in black and white. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen that. That's very interesting. It's like every rock star in the world at Roy Orbison's feet, you know, playing his songs. Oh wow! Like he is so influential. I don't think people really understand how influential he was.
2: Yeah, and that and that's the thing. I I, I wonder if if uh, you have to be like a musician to appreciate just how good Roy Orbison is or well, was.
1: I don't know. I you know because when I was a kid, I remember hearing "Running Scared."
4: Just running scared. each place we go So afraid
1: That he might show Mm -hmm. And that song has no chorus And it just slowly builds and slowly builds and slowly builds And it's really weird that it would be a hit but yeah. it's purely in that emotive voice. Right. You know, and, and that's why when he comes in mm. on uh, Hard to Handle. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah it's
2: beautiful. And, and um, was it the, when the remaining Wilburys got together for the tribute to George Harrison? Right. And they did a couple of Willbury songs. And I think they had uh, uh, Danny Harrison was up there filling in yeah. for that. yeah. Dad. When it came up to the Roy Orbison part, Jeff Lynn did the vocals. Yes. On that and did them perfectly. Pull off a Roy Orbison line like that and did it really well.
1: Yeah, I want to do an ELO show at some point because yeah. I really liked ELO a lot. How much better or how much bigger can it get? And then Into the Great Wide Open comes out. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, and I think that's what really gave uh, Johnny Depp a big step up as far as, you know, he had been in movies and stuff, but right. he hadn't been taken very seriously. Mm-hmm. And. Again, talk about a simple lyric, Yeah, you know, and just a simple song, but it, it's really cool.
0: Johnny Depp, he was opening this club, the Viper Room, and he asked us if we would play the opening night of the club for a benefit. Stan was quiet, didn't really say much about it. And then he, he vanished from that session without saying goodbye. He said, look, the band is going to play, you know, are you coming or not? I can't do it. Now this, you know, I was outraged. I told The Office, just tell Stan, never mind, Ringo's going to do it. And Stan showed up within 24 hours.
3: (laughs) ¶¶
1: favorite albums is Wildflowers and that that came out in 94 again another five-star classic right and the reason I love that album more than all those records is it sounds more organic than any of them right and that's Rick Rubin producing that yeah talk about a guitar album that's an album that I really really like and it's not just Campbell stretching out on it but Petty also right and there's some dueling guitars on some of the tracks Mm -hmm. Lyrically, it's really, it's just a really, really excellent record.
5: I agree. All right, here we go. A so little number we call Give Me Some Sugar, Little Honey, Natural B. <laughs>
4: So now she kissed my third cousin twice
1: easier for me to list the songs that are not my favorite
2: songs right because they're all great and you might go oh because it was the single but i do like you don't know how it feels it's a great song i actually played that in a band that, that i was in at one yeah. time great great song again simple as hell yeah and it's the simplicity that makes it so good
1: the hidden gems are things like honeybee right and Silly little song, but they rock the shit out of that. Right. Cabin Down Below is also another one of those that really is, is, you know, it's not a single. Right. But it's so much better than just a normal deep cut. It's, it's a great song. Right. But probably my favorite on it is House in the Woods. House in the Woods sounds like almost like a White Album outtake in a way. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't sound beatle so much. But just the feel of it, and that sort of descending chord thing he does—that, right. You know, ding, 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 you know. Yeah. I always call that the heroin riff. You know. Right. It, it, it. When you hear that in a song, it, it really harkens back to your blues by the Beatles off the White Album. Right. So, you know, of course, there's heroin with that. I think that this album is maybe the top, uh, the mm-hmm. peak of his career. I, I think so. record is, is really hard to
2: touch. And to be honest with you, after Tom Petty died, I actually put together a playlist in, in my, uh, my iTunes with, with all of the Tom Petty, basically his entire collection. Yeah. And while I was at work, I mean, because, you know, I, I work as a de- developer, so basically I'm, I'm listening to music all day while I'm writing code. And I listened to Tom Petty's entire catalog a couple of times over that time. And yeah, everything beyond Wildflowers... It's good, but nothing nothing grabbed me.
4: i
1: I think he did a solo album in there called Highway Companion. Again, Heard so many great reviews of it. Not one of my favorites though. It's not a bad record by any means. He's never put out a bad record. Well, yeah,
2: and it gets back to what we were saying. There there really are no bad records, or and there really, at least in my estimation, there are no bad songs. I I agree with that. I agree with that. You know, there there are there are songs that aren't as good as other ones. Right. But they're they're all fucking good. Did you hear that weird
1: song that he put out as a single um, with the LA Riots? No. Strange song called Girl
4: on LSD. I was in love with a girl on LSD. She'd see things I'd never see. She broadened her perspective. Then I got more selective. I was in love with a girl on LSD.
1: I never heard that either. Yeah, those are outtakes, you know, but just weird tracks that would be on the box set. Or- mm-hmm.
4: Your brains went black When she took back Her love And put it out Into the sun The birds did fly When the heavens All went dry And the cigarettes Were smoking by themselves She'll do across her skin she dangles carrots makes you feel embarrassed to be the
1: album that I really got into, I really enjoyed, was Mojo.
4: Welcome to Sunday.
1: came out in 2010 it really kind of flew under the radar Mm -hmm. but it's a rocking rocking record Mm -hmm. it's got some good stuff i don't know if you got around to checking that one out but it's got some good shit which which record mojo i i I have to take a look at my list the, the playlist that i put together
2: right i think it has just about everything
1: and uh hypnotic eye after not as much but i really felt like he was coming back on a curve Right. You know, that he was coming back to something else big. He was very competitive. Right. And it wasn't easy for him
2: not to be knocking out hits, because he knew he had good shit. Oh, yeah. And it, it's great stuff. And But the thing is, I mean, styles of music change. Right. I mean, tastes change, right? We really
1: could use more acts like Tom Petty. Uh, the Integrity the, you know, the honesty that he would put across in all of his performances, live or whatever. Right. Did you ever see the clip of him doing Free Falling with Axel Rose? No. Oh. <laughs> Axel loved that song. That was like his personal anthem. And all the walking through the...
4: Shadows and the
1: Tom Petty, rest in peace, really incredible artist, and we're going to miss him absolutely.
0: with stevie nicks romantic relationship on the down low from tom petty yeah you want tom petty to know that he's your boy yeah you're focused on him it's almost like dealing with another lover so you came up with a brilliant plan i'm gonna hide stevie nicks in my basement yeah whenever tom petty comes around yeah, I did. that is fucking crazy <laughs> how do you get her to go down into the basement and hide i said stevie look you gotta understand tom doesn't know you The basement's like a set-up basement. It's nice. When he comes, just stay down there, you know? (laughs) (laughs) she did. But then you come up with another brilliant idea. You said, Stevie, you should sing with Tom, Stop Dragging My Heart Around. You guys should record this together for your album. Yeah. What a fucking idea.
5: This has been produced by Donnie Shattuck.
0: And I thank this rock and roll for the freedom it's given me. And I thank the fans for such a wonderful life.
3: And I thank God for all of it.